0: Welcome to the Growth Hacking Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Palomino. This podcast is about thought-provoking ideas to scale up and growth hack performing and human-centric work cultures. My guests are experts on mindsets, skills, and science behind work cultures. I hope you enjoy this episode. The workplace seems like an environment where we can develop personal relationships Uh, And there are also rules in place so that employees are protected and feel they get their portion of psychological safety. Nevertheless, there is a taboo that at one moment of our lives, we wanted to share with others, but we couldn't. And this is the systemic feeling of fear at work. If you're wondering about the size of the problem, let me tell you something there was a 2023 survey made by life career where they found that 86% of respondents experience work related fears we can name a couple of them so making mistakes getting fired public speaking being disliked by colleagues and your boss making decisions so the size of the problem is quite important today i wanted to discuss with my guest today, Alei Hassanein, who is the author of the book, The Tyranny of the Hibiscus, a novel about how fear is impacting the decisions of employees today and what could be the alternatives to reveal organizations' mindset. By the way, a little bit more about Alei. Alei is one of the most recognized transformation pundits, and he has led around 100 multimillion strategic transformation projects across 20 countries with a focus on life science, industrial, financial, and humanitarian sectors. He is also the founder of a company called Obisio. Alec, I'm so glad to have you today. And the reason why is that I went through your book. One, I got impressed about the book because it was quite relatable to situations that we have in a day-to-day basis in, in the workplace and also in our personal relationships. But one of the questions that I wanted to start with, Lei, is what is the the meaning of the tyranny of the hibiscus? The title was quite intriguing. Tell me more about that.
1: Okay, thank you, Ivan, for having me. I'm very glad to be here. Um, Yes, the tyranny of the hibiscus. um, There's a contradiction basically in the title because um, tyranny, you know, like uh, it gives the impression that it's uh, um, it's something negative. And hibiscus, in uh, some, methodolo- in some mytholo- mythologies, uh, is about love, is about, you know, like how you do good, etc. So basically, what I'm trying to express is um, sometimes you're trying to do good. However, you know, like the result is actually, um, is not, is quite
0: negative. Hey, hmm. hibiscus, is, is it a tree or is it a fruit? That's, that's something that I cannot remember because I remember a juice of hibiscus. It,
1: it is a juice. I mean, okay. Uh, in Egypt, it is uh, very, uh, very well known. Um, you dry leaves, and actually, people drink it. And actually, I think it also
0: has a symbol of love,
1: basically. And that's something that I found out about. <coughs> when I was writing the book,
0: quite relatable to our uh, to our topic, indeed. Um, I want to get back to this to these numbers. So, eighty six percent of people who don't uh, who feel work-related fears is quite a lot. And almost no one talks about it. And even because of you, I went into search of similar topics in books about fear at work. And it it is quite limited, even though most of us have felt this fear uh, at work. Um, According to you, what are the most common types of fears you have seen and observed in the workplace today? By the way, if I remember correctly, you have interviewed like a couple of hundred people for uh, for making your book. Tell me more about these experiences. Yes. <clears throat>
1: well, yes, fear is actually something that um, everyone experiences. But it's, um, as you say, that's a little bit taboo. People you know, don't like to, to talk about it because, of course, I mean, it shows like some vulnerabilities, some weaknesses, et cetera. So people tend, I mean, at least that was my first assumption. I thought that people would not be willing to talk about it. And when I, when I, when I tried to interview, I mean, when I interviewed more, I think it was more than 100, 100 business leaders to understand um, what is fear for them? Uh, how does it affect them? How does it, what kind of impact does it have on them, on their teams? Uh, how do they handle it? Um, what are the, uh, let's say, the lessons learned? That they, that they that they have you know like with the um, now looking back at, um, at 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 the history, um, I was surp- I mean positively surprised to see that people were really very open to talk about it. Of course, for me it was very important to guarantee uh, confidentiality about like the uh, testimonies of of the, of the people I talked to, and I think also that was one of the reasons you know like they felt there's something that we need to 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 tackle. There's something that we need to to discuss. And uh, honestly, I had like a great, um, great insights from, from, uh, from them. Um, but coming back to your question of uh, what kind, kind of fears you have, I think that, that's a, that's a quite tough question because it's difficult to, to, to give a list. Um, however, I think, I think the, um, you know, like when we're talking about like, um, work environment, um, of course there is, um, we need to deliver. Basically we need to deliver, we need to, uh, deliver results basically. So. I think one one type of fear, one classical type of fear, is basically um, the fear of failing. The fear of failing, you know, like not being able to deliver, and um, <clears throat> and that's actually um, a fear that kind of you know like hinders you from basically taking risks. So I mean, so it has a direct um, implication or direct um, uh, impact on the on the performance of the organization. I think there's also, like, the, uh, let's say, the more related um, uh, relationship type of fears, like, for example, okay, like, conflicts, or, um, you know, like, retaliation, for example, or, um, you know, like, rejection, I mean, how to get accepted, etc. I mean, those fears are also very important, because sometimes, you know, they they prevent you from... Uh, speaking up in meetings sharing ideas discussing like important issues so i mean so those fears you know like we have all experienced that and uh, and i think the the very typical fear as well that we that we see in the organizations is the fear of change basically when you when there's a need for change because of performance new technology a new market i mean you name it there are so many reasons why organizations need to change and basically um, when people feel that maybe it will affect their, you know, like, uh, roles, responsibilities, um, and maybe affect the, uh, the security of their, of their job. So, I mean, so again, not not willing to give you like a, like an exhaustive list of, um, of fears, but I think, I mean, those are quite, um, quite recurrent.
0: Ale, you mentioned retaliation and then the, the thought came to me. So are organizations, the culture of an organization, can it exacerbate the fears that we have already, the intersect fears that we have already as human beings?
1: Yes, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> for example, what, what what happens when you're, when you're, when you face like an unethical behavior? Mm-hmm. could be from one colleague, from your, from your boss. Um, so what do you do about it? Okay. So, I mean, so it's a, I mean, I, Many organizations will tell you, okay, you know we, we 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 have a code of conduct, we actually will fight this, it's very important, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens in your brain the minute that that happens to you and you're thinking, okay, what should I do about it? I mean, okay, do you want to take the risk and put like in in, in balance all your all your career, everything you're trying to build? Or actually okay, you know like you just um, you just um, you just accept to go with it and um, and hopefully you know like um uh, everything will pass.
0: So it's almost like it is not enough for organizations to have, as you mentioned, code of conduct or certain rules. If the non-visible rules is protect each other and survival, basically, and they 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 have they cannot act because they know that this. Non-spoken rules count even more than whatever they have put in the in the website of the company. Then people feel like I cannot do this um, this step. Uh, now the the problem is it becoming worse than before. This feeling of fear is it spreading? If you compare it versus ten years ago, is it becoming worse today? Despite That everybody talks about healthy work culture, thriving work culture, uh, investing in work culture and toxic work cultures. Everybody's bitching about it, but I don't know. And this number of 87% that I mentioned at the beginning of people feeling fear at work doesn't convince me that we are moving the needle on that side. Is it becoming worse or not? Well, I would tend to say,
1: I would. I would tend to say, I mean, I don't have numbers, but I mean, I would tend to say that, yes, it, it does. I mean, if you look actually at the, um, um I mean, one, maybe one way to, to look at this is actually when you look at the pestle indicators like, you know, like political, economic, uh, social, uh, technology uh, indicators, I mean, I tend to think that all of those are in the red zone. At least they have been recently in the, in the red zones. Um, we had we had like the pandemics. when was it in 2020, or 2022 something like that? Uh, I think I mean still around uh, somehow. Um, we have like um, like armed conflicts and they're becoming you know like okay like maybe more um, I mean they last even more than, uh, than they used to than they used to. Um, we have you know, we have inflation, et cetera. I mean I think the um, uh, and also also one important thing is also technology. Technology is also, I mean, playing a big role. I mean, technology. I mean, we are bombarded with with information, and that that uh, that creates, you know, some kind of uh, feeling of um, of fear of um, of anxiety. But also, I think um, when we want to relate that to the to the works to the workspace, um, topics such as artificial intelligence. Okay, how will they affect your uh, your job security? I mean, all of those things, you know, like, okay, I think they are, we, we hear about them more and more. Um, we have been hearing about them more and more in the past 10 years. So that's that's why I would tend to think that, yes, um, fears, that I means it's a feeling of, or actually the perception of fear has increased. Um, and especially, I think maybe after the pandemics, people ha- have become a little bit more sensitive, even more sensitive than they used to be um, about those kind of uh, macroeconomic and, you know, like, um, and uh, the PESTEL, pestel indicators.
0: It's almost like the context uh, in our capacity to manage information are the triggers for being that, that the situation has become worse. Maybe the workplace hasn't become worse, but because of the context that we live in, everything that we hear in the news, the accessibility of information, or the accessibility to bias information sometimes, because we always tend to listen to something that is relatable to, to us and to, to that will make exaggerated as something that will generate, uh, generate emotions. And the second part is the amount of information. I, I, I love this topic because um, what you mean with the use of technology is that it has make it worse in terms of our cognitive load. And that means that our capacity to process analytical and analytical and critical thinking has reduced. And we are more in autopilot mode, living out of our emotional side in our, in our, in our brain, which is, well, this is what we have become today. We have become more sensitive thus the situation of fear has become worst. That's, I love that, LA. Um Today, I don't think that there is many companies who would dare to go and assess the level of fear in the organization. So in the poll surveys that we usually do, uh, there might be some contributors to fear, like... The engagement that uh, that uh, that we have, if we feel like our bosses are re- responding uh, positively to our feedback, but there is no index of how to measure fear in a in a uh, uh, in a in an organization. Um, how to assess, in fact, the level of fear present on uh, on the current culture? Do you have any ideas from uh, from that side? Is is it possible already to have this? Either index or assess correctly what is happening in organizations, or even at the individual level.
1: Well, what I think I think what what organizations, when it comes to fear or you know, like um, the um, culture globally, broadly speaking, um, one of the one of the most common approaches is basically to make to make surveys, um, ask questions on the to the to the employees. Um, some people actually go the extra mile of, you know, like uh, maybe assessing or analyzing the, um, you know, like getting some feedbacks when you have like, um, uh, you know, like during the exit interviews, basically, um, when people are leaving the, the, the organization, um, what kind of, um, what is the kind of turnover reasons actually for turnover, um, you know, like uh, how they felt, basically about uh, management and um, and culture, uh, those type of questions. So I mean, so those are, uh, let's say, uh, very valuable, very valuable data that you can that you can collect and um, and um, and analyze. I think um, there is also some models actually about basically assessing the behavior or actually the type of uh, style of management or leadership of um, of, the, um, of the of the senior leaders. Um, to see okay i mean what kind of you know like accessibility or openness etc um trust i mean that you know that they they instill actually within the org- in the organization i think that those are very valuable but again i mean okay this is like um this is it's you know some people will say it's more like an art than a science so basically it's more difficult to kind of you know like to mathematically you know like um uh, model every every le- i mean the level of fear or actually define an index of fear i think all the, ten, all the attempts to do that is really, I mean, are really um, geared towards showing that there's a very important subject that needs to be tackled. I mean, so it's, um, I mean, okay, so basically uh, to, to show progress, this is where we are today. And uh, with those, I mean, by using, I mean, by uh, doing those um, initiatives, this is where, this is the type of progress that we have been able to, to accomplish. Good. So that that would be, I would say, at the organizational level. But also for the at the individual level, it's also important to kind of uh, assess what is your, um, you know, like what are the kind of emotional signals, for example, that fear, you know, can can trigger in you. Um, what, what what you can do about it? I think, I mean, some people, you know, like more and more, I I hear people saying that, okay, what is the purpose of all of this? I mean, do I really feel like. Uh, Um, Aligned with the purpose of the organization does organization really have a purpose and okay and what is how do I fit in it, so I mean so those questions are are very important because of course um you know like uh, by 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 understanding this it will also help you understand your, your 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 engagement your motivation why you know like okay in that project you're not so motivated why actually i mean you don't like it when you know like uh, within to work actually within one certain type of setup um um etc etc i think also when you when you want to have like a like um like an objective um analysis about how you uh, how you how you experience fear? It's also in, interesting to to ask your peers. You know, like okay, I mean, what is uh, how wh- wh- how would you assess my level, for example, of communication? You know, like okay, for example, during that uh, that project, I mean, I was I found it difficult to do this and that because maybe I was feeling you know that uh, that okay, the level of trust that I needed, you know, like the psychological safety that I needed to be able to deliver on my messages on my needs. I mean, were not were not there.
0: Hmm. Um, one takeaway of what uh, what you say, La, is that it doesn't really matter how you measure fear, but if you have any type of assessment, as long as you have progress, that is that is what uh, what counts. So there is no magic methodology. Now, of course, today because you and me we are kind of geeks, so we know that the impact of artificial intelligence in order to to understand discussions and have patterns uh, and classify what we say in a conversation can be super duper useful. Because I think that we gather more out of discussions rather than the survey. Because the surveys cannot map all the individuality of reactions or triggers in the workplace of of fears, but a conversation that is tagged correctly uh, can give us enough substance on on that. You mentioned another thing, Ale, that made me, I mean, it it reminded me of of my days in in the corporate world about exit interviews. Fear is also what makes that some companies will take away some of the uh, data points that are not matching the image of the organization that that they want for. Like I have seen that certain people being having exit interviews and certain people that were considered like a mistakes and they left the company didn't have this exit interview. And again, the influence of fear in our actions in order to justify how can it be that this amazing guy left our company in a bitter way? We don't want to know that because then it means that somebody is guilty. Somebody needs to be punished. We don't want this person to be punished. Remove the data. That's uh, something that it has happened very uh, very often. Alei, hey, so I, I had a good time reading your uh, your novel, The Tyranny of Hibiscus, <laughs> and what I wanted to ask you, as the author, is because I I wanted to understand. It, it through the stories that you describe in uh, in the book, there is an interlink between personal and professional life. So people who are at work and people who are who are either expressing their fears in the in their personal life, uh, it's almost like one is reflection uh, a reflection from the other. It's like w- one is feeding the fear that side of of work is feeding the fear at the personal life and, uh, and vice versa. What would you say is that the initial point of fear? Is it the society, the family, or and, and family I include also friends or relationships? Or is it work? Where does it all start and what is the mechanics that is happening in, in, in for an individual?
1: Well, even those are very very complex questions, I would say. <laughs> Um, love to questions. That, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely correct. I think. I think. I think it's. Um. I haven't really thought about the the origin. I think it's probably a mix of all of this. I mean, obviously your your culture, your upbringing. I mean, obviously plays a big role actually on how you create your emotional. Um. You know, like um, triggers. Um. So so it's um. It, it could be like a mix of of of, of many things, but you are right to say that f- for me, what I what what I try to what I try to show actually my let's say my assumption, which by the way I really believe it, I believe in it, is that there's no such difference. Bas- basically, when you're, for example, okay, facing like um like um like a situation of fear in the organization or outside of the organization. So basically by kind of erasing the border, actually the frontier between those two universes, um, I think it also opens opportunities for, for us to exploit, you know, like um, things that are working, for example, in the organizations and, you know, like use them outside and vice versa. So basically it's like, okay, a human person, a human being, you know, like facing situations of fear. Okay, basically in the book, in the tyranny of the Hibiscus, what I'm, what what I start, I mean, the, um, uh, basically I'm depicting, let's say, four situations of of fear. Um, One is professional, one is, um, let's say, I mean, personal, Uh, it's between one man and his wife, and one is also personal, it's between one man and his son, Um, and the other, the the last situation is um, a citizen, you know, like. Uh, you know, like vs. in a way, uh, the state. So basically, I mean, okay, all the kind of institutional um, uh, situations of of fear that you know, like a state can impose on you. So basically, those when you when you when you look at those kind of four stories, they seem very very separated. I mean, you know, like okay, they don't have much to do with each other. But what I'm trying to what I try to to demonstrate in the in the in the book that. Those four situations of um, of of um, of fear are actually um, quite similar, and basically what I tried to see is okay, what is you know like okay as you mentioned you know I I like uh, mathematics I tried you know like I did something a little bit uh, a little bit uh, you know like okay to please myself in a way uh, that was to try to define an equation of fear. Again, you know, like okay, that's you know, doesn't maybe have all the rigor of the academics, etc. But I mean, but for me, it was more to kind of like to send a message. More basically, what 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 I what I found out is fear is basically, or actually, is a way to express it. Is really like the um, the uh, the difference, let's say, between your. your need for recognition and the um add your intrinsic values i think the the screen has frozen ivan or are you can you still hear me
0: uh, we i can still see you hello don't
1: worry okay good so basically i mean so you have like this difference this distance between your need for recognition and uh, basically your intrinsic values i mean for me um what I wanted really, or actually what I, what I was interested to, to, to see is there's like fear has like, okay, like a kind of external, external dimension. Okay. You know, maybe for example, okay, you need, you need to be recognized. You need like to prove yourself. You need to, um, uh, to show, to show some kind of image, let's say. And also, I mean, okay, how much this image is basically, you know, like, uh, distant from, your own values so now i mean we're talking about purpose and this is also very important uh by the way i'm not talking about like a fear that you know that you would be facing for example in you if you fall in the uh in the whatever in the pacific sea and you 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 meet a you meet a shark i'm not talking about that type of fear because <laughs> because that type of fear is like okay i mean you you don't you don't really consider in the intrinsic values in that in that moment i would say um but but I'm talking really about um, about if, if you just like summarize it with like the uh, your need for recognition and the your intrinsic values so I mean so it doesn't matter in what context it is. It could be like family context, it could be a uh, business context. I mean you will always be feeling or actually sensing some kind of uh, some kind, some kind of fear
0: It's almost like when you were talking about the, the this equation, it also almost made me think about. Like a, a proportionality with the risk of either losing your capacity to be recognized or a risk of your of giving away some of your values, losing some some of uh, some of your values. So risk of losing something that belongs to your personality, your individuality, what defines you. I, I, I find it quite amazing that, that it is it is still possible to have like uh, to quantify in kind of mathematical terms uh, the level of uh, the level of fear but, but, but yes yeah, sorry so sorry but i mean I, I think that's
1: that's extremely important because even beyond actually quantifying i think i mean it's really it's uh, it raises a question of the of the purpose basically because when you are i mean you Again, it's not a question about like saying that okay, I'm a three kilometer away from from the purpose of the of an organization or what is expected from me or three point five kilometers. It's more about like okay, I mean, okay, am I okay with this distance? Yes or no, and 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 that also also kind of um, it encourages you to kind of go and seek your own purpose, and that's very important because basically, I mean, you know we we can we can we can uh, elaborate a lot about you know like okay when you have uh, found your your own purpose i mean how engaged you are how motivated how productive etc cetera, etc cetera. i think everyone understands this so but the question is how do we do that is the culture talking back about i mean talking about the uh, workplaces is the culture in place helping you identify your own purpose and giving you enough um providing you with enough um, trust that you can say, you know, okay, maybe I don't feel comfortable, you know, with this. Is there something I can change, or maybe actually I need to change my the the the, the setup? Maybe I, I don't belong here. So I mean, and those
0: are very important questions. So what you are saying is that corporations need to help individuals, their employees, to de- develop self awareness to know them uh, to know themselves and then if, if i go to the level down so we can say that self-awareness comes from the clarity of the values of the company and by clarity it means that not only what is written in a piece of paper but how they are expressing it and how can i have the time in this crazy world where i have a lot a full amount of work to understand to make the time to understand myself, to understand what I really want. And both roles in of self-awareness needs to be uh, helped by the organizations, through training, through coaches, or through an organization where we have the possibility also to explore things that we don't know. Potentially, I could be an astronaut. I don't know yet. I haven't tried it yet. So that organization can help. People in the in the dimension of what is possible to to explore, so that they can get to know a little bit themselves a little bit better. Is that correct? Th- I th-
1: I- yes, absolutely. I think I think I mean it's really about um, it's really a question of uh, being true to yourself and to the people you're working with. Um, the, you mentioned earlier, like um, a, a, a corporation that um, you know, like. Um, uh, Kind of discarded all the kind of you know like people you know like leaving because maybe of reason that they don't like to consider um, because uh, because it's actually the problem is actually with them something there's something wrong with them it's not mm-hmm. it's never something wrong with the organization and I think okay this is this is um, this is a kind of um, confirmation bias I mean that the organization you know like wants to put in place okay what we're doing is great I mean just just refer to our website. Okay, we have like this integrity and uh, you know, like trust, et cetera, et cetera um the values so i mean so we cannot be doing anything wrong and of course i mean that's uh, that's sending a very very you know like um, negative message i would say within the um at the people in the organization because they know they know better they know actually i mean what they experience every day so 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 i don't think i don't think that that's a long term type of approach actually for 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 you know like a sustainable performance even for the organization not to mention that um, that you know it has a very negative um impact on the on the employee and their productivity and engagement.
0: Hmm. Ali, you kind of already started answering my next question, which is, what can the organization uh, practically do in order to help to get rid of the systemic fear that can that can be inherited from generations of generations of leaders who have been shitty at what they do or behaving in a a bad way with with employees. Uh, And that has replicated because we have a tendency to mime behaviors uh, that are helping us in our survival. So if I see my boss behaving in one way, I have to mime it so that I can survive better despite of whatever is written around the the organization or being saved. Uh, So what practically can organizations do in order to get rid of this systemic level of, of systemic enhancers appear or is there something else than just helping self-awareness that we have mentioned in the previous question?
1: I think that's a very important, uh, that's a very important point. Basically what I'm trying to, um, I mean, I'm trying to evangelize, if you like, in a way uh, for organizations to integrate kindness in their, in their practice and in their culture. So I mean, so kindness is like um, it's a, it's a word which is which sounds a little bit you know like a little bit naive, and everyone would say, "Oh, kindness, yeah, of course we need more kindness." But what what does it really mean? Um, I think I think when you're when, when you're talking about about um, kindness, is really like accepting the vulnerability of other people. Hmm. And I think that's really important because when you do that, I mean, that's, you know, just imagine, imagine that, imagine that, okay, that you, you accept the vulnerability of other people. Just imagine how, 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 um, um, how confident people will be to express themselves, to speak up in meetings, to get engaged, to say, you know what, okay, I don't like that, but okay, but let me tell you why and let's be constructive. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful, uh, it's a very powerful uh, concept, I would say. And it's very simple. And everyone recognizes itself. And by the way, that's, you know, I've kind of, um, I've been, I've been, you know, like reading a lot actually about this, uh, this, uh, this concept. Okay. And I was, again, you know, like I was really, it was, I was blown up to see that there is a lot of actually of books being published you know like very recently that actually you know like praise for kindness in organizations in the beginning i was thinking okay yeah okay come on but you know okay yeah right yeah come on you know like uh, kindness of course we need you know like we need love and you know like what's next <laughs> but but actually it is i mean some very serious studies for example um i mean i was um, i had this study again i don't have like i don't remember the exact you know like uh you know like the, the exact uh, metrics about how they did it but it was very interesting to see that they compared they compared basically um uh it's again it's statistics i mean that's average but they compared basically let's say um a kind a a kind behavior versus a non-kind behavior so i mean it's okay not you know like okay i think let's try to see what kind of general and high level takeaways we can get from this not entering entering about what does it mean to be kind not to be kind etc but i mean just to give like a like um like a kind of informal discussion, just just the one that we're having now. Um, basically, that they they, ha- they were able to quantify that a person being kind versus a person be- not being kind had a difference of, if I re- if I may recall, if I could recall it correctly, I think it was a difference in terms of income that was less than ten thousand dollars per year. So yeah. you may argue, oh, that's okay. That's still money. That's, you know, good money. I mean, it's not that much, but it's not, you know, it's not little. So so it, it seems actually that it tends to, to prove that it's better not to be kind because then, okay, you, you can make in average about $10,000 um, $10, more per year. The question is, what is your scope of measurement? Because if you just look at your at the salary that you're, that you're getting, so yes, maybe it's better not to be kind. Uh, and by the way, I mean, how many times, Ivan, have you heard in your, you know, like in your, when you were, you were working in the corporations, that, okay, you know, like this person, you know, like, okay, now he's a CEO, he's a CXO, uh, but okay, he didn't reach that level by by being kind. How many times have you heard this? For me, I've heard it like, I don't know how many times per, per day. So actually, it te- we tend to think that by not being kind, it's actually a way to succeed in the in the, um, in the corporate world. However, the problem is what happens, for example, to your personal life, because what you learn, I mean, the way you are at, your perso- at, the, at, the, at, the, at the professional level will have an impact, will have actually, will, will, will kind of, you know, transform you to become a little bit un- more unkind outside of the organization as well. So basically, again, you know, like, okay, I don't want to make caricatures, but, uh, or stero- stereotypes, but, but okay, maybe you will, you will, you will be, um, you will have higher chance, for example, I don't know, like, okay, like, to have like personal issues, whatever, with your wife, maybe get that, get a divorce, maybe get, you know, like, um, uh, be a little bit, you know, like, okay, lose, lose, lose friends, not have like, okay, like the perfect treatment, you know, like with your neighbors, whatever, you know, so I mean, so all of this can have like a direct impact, for example, on your health. And then also on the money that you will spend trying to cure from that. so your net at the end of the day is definitely negative if when you are uh, when you are kind uh, when you're unkind versus being kind. So I mean all of this is very important and again I mean it's uh, thank you for allowing me to to, to provide this uh, this, um, this, uh, this opportunity to discuss about this kindness that is not like a like a kind of naive type of concept but you know like okay I think it has really a uh, real um, real um, real impact on the business but coming back to your question Ivan I mean when we were talking about like some kind of strategies that maybe we can we can do maybe not to get rid of fear because I'm not sure we can do that but at least reduce maybe um reduce a little bit uh fear or actually or increase kindness in a way mm-hmm. Um, for example, okay, I, have, had this, um, I had this conversation with, um, with a friend lately who was uh, who's working at the um, World Health Organization, and um, the, I think, I think he, the, the current um, director, general when he joined was a couple of years ago, maybe six, seven, what, whatever years ago, he started by saying, okay, what we do is actually we want, I mean, our mission is basically to provide health for all. I think it was health for all by all, something like that, very strong message. Mm-hmm. and he asked the question i think it was to every employee in the organization what does that mean to you and i think that was already a kind uh, an act of kindness because it was like valuing like the 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 um the perception of people and giving them a chance to say okay this is how i understand it and of course it's very it's very strong because once you know, like, okay, then you start, your know, like the mathematical part of analyzing, okay, but most people think that, or actually, maybe there's something that will emerge, okay, maybe a pattern I didn't think about, oh, that's interesting, oh, that's actually mobilizing people, oh, incredible, I mean, what can we do about it, um, or if if our people believe that. And it's not maybe what we want people to uh, to to to, um, to 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 believe, or actually to um, uh, what we want people to understand or to believe. So, what is the message that we're sending outside? It's very powerful. It's very important. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is you know like that could be like one step basically to kind of you know like to 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 or one strategy, or one approach, let's say, to instill kindness or in 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 order to reduce to reduce fear within within the organization
0: actually now i get it better ali and the thing is that through this discussion you made me think about certain studies uh that have been made uh based on psychology and neuroscience one of i mean one of them is quite in fact it's not really a study it is a research by by done by a guy Called Mihali, Csikszentmihalyi, uh, a Hungarian American teacher in psychology who wrote a book, a book called Flow, uh, and he defines as the uh, uh, as the a level of satisfaction that we can get in life through different three different uh, dimensions. One is having like uh, meaning of what we do. The other one is uh, having the freedom. Uh, of deciding how you want to do certain things uh, uh either at work or in a, in our life uh and then the fact of being accountable autonomous on on uh, on on your life and these three things unleash in fact the the power of uh the power of uh of feeling fulfilling your life now when you were explaining the uh the aspect of kindness I thought that Listen, the, the, these two things are almost similar. So kindness is equalizing to a level of, or, or the result or the outcome is equalizing to the outcomes of feeling in the flow, feeling satisfied of, uh, about what you do. The other thing that you made me think is about, um, in the last 15 years, the developments in with uh, technology like MRI, in order to understand how the brain processes like good actions, because when you were defining <clears throat> kindness, I was going into the direction of what the latest research on neuroscience to understand, for instance, how monks live, how what happens in their brains, how satisfied or fulfilled are the life, the level of happiness, and the brain of a monk who has been practicing certain mindfulness uh, practices in. Towards kindness is very different to the standard over employee. So what what is happening is that the acts of kindness or how you which goes towards your perception of the external world rewire your brain so that you have better connections. That means that you can be more innovative. You can feel more more satisfied, and that you can see it in an MRI so you can see what are the connections between somebody who is living in a wall of toxic culture versus a monk or simply someone who has started the practice of mind mindfulness through uh, with the purpose of kindness even someone who has started a couple of days, you can already start rewiring your brain to have a perception of the world that will, instill your need of provide this kindness to uh, to uh, to others because it starts on how you see the world if i see that if i see you as a threat then i cannot i cannot give you anything ali but if I, if my perception of the world changes and i can see you as somebody who has the same needs as me i don't know love recognition whatever it is then my vision of you have changed and then i can give you my my gift of kindness. kindness. So there is a high correlation with the latest practices of mindfulness uh, and the impact that it can have on our way to provide kindness. And let me tell you more. There, there is even organizations who have implemented uh, mindfulness uh, um, trainings across, like it's the basics. Like there is Google who has implemented a training called Search Inside Yourself, which is basically the practice of mindfulness. So all of the gigs, the tech people have to go through this training as within the two years that they are part of Google because they can see that that has an influence in the outcomes on the level of collaboration in how you rewire your brain to be more productive and be more happy. Uh, and this happiness can drive also to wealth. Why not? I, yes, I went far so far. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I went too far in that that discussion because no, was... no. I, th- I think it's really fascinating. I mean, I'm very happy to hear about those uh, those uh, those studies. I think you know, I'm a personally, I'm a very practical person. So I mean, so for me, it's very important that okay, when we when we talk about kindness, it's um, to kind of um, I think very we 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 both agree actually on the on the positive impact of having kindness i would actually challenge actually people to to say that okay you know by having kindness actually within for example the relationship between people or within an organization that would be like okay a, a very bad thing to do even you know if you're working in a in a kind of culture where actually performance is 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 uh, is, is, is very important and by the way performance talking about performance because some people may also think that, you know, like, okay, for example, if you're working in an invest, investment bank or or whatever, okay, you know, kindness doesn't really have its um, its its place. I think it's all a question of um, how, what is your, what is the, what is the expected basically return or actual performance that you want and what is actually the term? What is the time that, that, that timeline that you want to set? Because of course, if you're a very short termist, I would say, so yes, Okay. Um, you can just focus on anything, but kindness. Just okay, deliver. Just okay, maybe um, be like uh, you know, aggressive in your in your behavior, etc. Um, I remember actually this uh, this um this uh, this client that that was very proud to tell me um uh, you know like that was many years ago that actually he used he used to work for a huge corporation. And um, and um, and whenever they were having a meeting, they had like a C-level person actually attending the meeting, and he used to say to to ask people, okay, um, you here? I don't see what I mean. I don't see what kind of value you're you're adding to this to this meeting. So please get out. You know, that kind of, that kind that, of, that kind of uh, that kind of, uh, of behavior. Again, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. Maybe during that meeting, okay, this person, you know, didn't actually, you know, like prepare. He, maybe he didn't actually reach his, his, his objectives or whatever. But okay, but just imagine, okay, what is the impact that this person, you know, like, uh, is, is having? I mean, what, what, the impact of actually his comments on this person after the person leaves in terms of, okay, risk taking, speaking up in meetings sharing like ideas innovating you know like it's it's like a total disaster it's a total disaster but again if you're just concerned about very short term performance okay maybe that's a good that's a good thing to do again i'm being very provocative but but i think i think it's really about like you know like having a kind of long term long term uh vision that's number one number two i think also in terms of um, of kindness um i don't you know like i want actually to to be to take my distance from uh, from being naive so basically what the way actually uh, and we had this conversation with other other people you know like who for example one one person who who wrote a lot about the about kindness i had i called this person and we had like a very interesting discussion um that uh, for him you know like kindness is you know um it's um it's more like okay believing that people have this kind of you know like uh, good um uh, good emotions and good values, you know, within themselves. It's a very Rousseau type of uh, type of uh, type of uh, type of vision, which I totally respect. But I mean, but the way I, I like to think at kindness, and I think it's more applicable to uh, to the um, to let's say to to corporations or to organizations. It's actually a mix of, I would say, of empathy and utility. It's very important, you know, like, okay, to have some kind of, okay, it has to be, you have to have an objective, you have to reach an objective, you're being kind because of an objective, it's not about manipulation, but it's actually, it could be just helping someone, you know, like, okay, someone succeed, that's an objective. So it's it's not about like manipulating people through you know like uh, um by um by kind of lying to them that the organization is kind has a kind culture but what you are really after is to kind of you know like exploit them to the maximum and to get you to just focus on performance. No, I think it's actually it's it's really um you are being kind but at the same time you don't lose uh from your side the uh the, the the concept of bringing or actually creating an impact and actually as this impact is uh, uh financial performance uh it's also um, impacting positively um, all your ecosystem could be your suppliers could be your your clients um could be your planet and I think that's also a very important a very important consideration um because by integrating this impact this impact in your radar, And that's very important. By integrating this impact in your radar, you are not only like, okay, like just, um, you know, like giving. You are giving, yes. You are giving. But by giving, you're also getting. Because when you give to the planet or actually to to your ecosystem, to your people, basically you are also creating new business opportunities. And that's extremely important. It's not only about like, okay, uh, oh, let's just, you know, like um, help the planet. And but, but, you know you, you know that, what I think about that, It's uh, I think it's a very noble cause uh, per se, but it's not only about saving the planet. It's actually by saving the planet, you're actually also increasing your business opportunities. And that's what people need to understand. Um, you know, the last point that I wanted to mention also about, about kindness, um, is you know I I I asked myself this question. I said okay, so we have all those you know like those discussion. I mean, what 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 you asked me about like okay, all those fears, maybe uh, legitimate fears. What can we do about it? Okay, kindness. Okay, seems a little bit uh, like okay, very broad and um, and what you know like hard to kind of uh, to to grasp. Okay, what is really yeah, kindness? How do we really use it, etc. And um, and I was wondering. What else actually in the in the world is providing us kindness? You know, like okay, we have, of course, you know, like we talked about culture, we talked about upbringing, we talked about, um, uh, you know, like you know, like family, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think, I think that society, in a way, and again, I'm, I like to be a little bit provocative because I like actually to challenge ideas, but the, But I think society has failed us in one in one way, very important way. If you look at society. Uh, if you consider that society has two main objectives one is to create social links and the second is to create well-being to its uh, components basically to its to the citizens i'm not sure that okay that today we can we can we can argue that society has succeeded in those two objectives so i, I started thinking okay so what else can we do what are the, our alternatives so what in the world could um basically organize let's say collective efforts to create value and wealth and that can do that at scale and i don't know i mean what you would think but i mean for me i mean almost immediately i thought about organizations that's exactly what they're designed for so it's really like imagining having like a like a cookie manufacturer you know, you put, like, okay, ins- you know, at the, at the entrance, as an input, you put, like, flour, you put water, eggs, uh, milk, sugar, whatever, and something happens, and then you get, like, nice cookies, uh, warm, sweet uh, cookies at the end that you can, you know, deploy as a skill that you like. So, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, what if, instead of putting, like, flour and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and milk and eggs, you inject kindness? Can the organization actually play that role and basically spread this kindness within the you know with it within, within the world and again by, by by talking about kindness it's not only like okay it's it's of course very related to the human relationships but it's also it also it, it has also this impact component that affects your ecosystem broadly at large so that's actually the kind of uh, the kind of uh, things that I'm that I'm discussing a little bit in the in the in the tyranny of the hibiscus, and that's also what we try to do at um, at Obicio Consulting.
0: Um, what is interesting is that um, so it's almost like my takeaway about this is that kindness is not about being nice. Kindness is about the reason why you do certain things. This is the most important. So there is different ways to express it. You can be a a tough cookie as a boss doesn't sound that nice, but if the reason why I'm doing, giving feedback, uh, maybe encouraging someone is because I want him. I want him to do good. I want that employee to do good. That's what comes. So kindness has nothing to do with uh, niceness. Um, the, the other thing that stays out of this discussion is that you mentioned that, Society has failed us uh, and it is true, but society is made by individuals, individuals that today are m- much more driven by greed, wanting more of wealth, wanting more power and and you're right if that if that could be replaced by this kindness purpose driven given uh giving of, the, of themselves, having a perception uh, of, of, of the, the environment that is different than today, the more positive way, the world will be, become a better place, the individual will find more satisfaction about his life, and the individual will be more happy or happier. There is no correlation, and there has been even studies about that in psychology, no correlation between wealth and happiness. After a a given point, after a breaking point, it's plateauing. So after a certain amount of money, you don't become happier. So survival mode from $0 to, in the US, in the study that was done 20 years ago, it was $78,000, direct correlation between happiness and money. After the $78,000, you are plateauing. So it is about how you use whatever wealth that really Continue making that your happiness will, uh, will increase. So if you start viewing the world with kindness, you can make the use of that money or that value that has been created in, and converted into your personal happiness, fulfillment in your life, purpose in your life. Love that. Idea. Well, thank- Thank,
1: thank you for this great example even because i think i mean coming back to what i have said the study you know like that made like a difference be, be, between being kind and unkind if it's you know like again you know everything being equal if, if we're talking about like an average of ten thousand or less than ten thousand um dollars per year so basically that's that actually um um that emphasizes basically your message it's like okay at one point of time you will i mean it's there's no point pursuing an unkindness in a way it doesn't it doesn't make any sense number one you're i mean you're net you're net um you you're being net negative at the end of the day that's number one number two anyways i mean okay you will reach a plateau and and and, and again you know like okay by when we talk about kindness it's also a way maybe to to fight one of the biggest fights you know like okay humans are fighting basically which is basically ego you know, okay, everyone says that, okay, ego is like, it's like, it's like, a, uh, it's like the, the, the devil of the, of the, of the, in the human relationships. But yes, I mean, it's like, um, you know, let's, let's imagine, you know, like, okay, what happens, for example, in a meeting or what happens within the organization when you're like, okay, again, you know, you, you feel that you, it's not, you're not entitled, basically, to speak up. You're not, you know, like okay, whatever you have to say, okay, you know, you will feel ridiculous. You will, you will be criticized, um, and or or maybe if what you say is smart, it could actually threaten other people. You know that actually that then becomes a problem actually of survival, or actually you don't get like all the necessary information. You're not being consulted, like for example, what the what they did at the WHO, because. Um, because, you know, people are in a way trying to protect you, you know, like, okay, from some kind of, you know, like, okay, this is extra stress. So, okay, no, let me as a manager, as a leader, manage all those questions, like strategic questions. And I think, I think we put, people will be surprised if actually, I mean, they made this change and actually tried to, um, to kind of, you know, like maybe through kindness, but again, kindness with the search of creating an impact. So, May I, I think they will be they will be amazed about the results that they will uh, that they will that they will see.
0: Ale, I want I want to already thank you for this conversation because it combines a little bit of science, research, and really the thing that can trigger a major change in how cultures are w- at work are um, performing. So it could be disruptive if there was a focus on this idea that kindness as a way of living can change drastically the place of the workplace and this can have an influence into our personal lives and into the into our society and it makes sense huh? if we are spending more 70% of our awake time in the workplace so why don't we start there there is the muscles there right
1: absolutely absolutely so i mean so it's a good opportunity let's see the organizations as center of excellence or training center basically for kindness and okay and let's and those people actually those individuals working in the organization they're also husbands spouses they're you know like okay like the sport coaches they're they work you know like okay maybe they they belong to a political party etc etc i mean okay so they there is a way, actually. I mean, to kind of spread this, and again, not being like uh, idealistic or or autobistic. I'm just saying that again. Let's go back to the, I mean, to this kind of manufacturer, cookie manufacturer. I think, I mean, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe we can create like uh, uh, kind cookies or actually or or ca- ca- candies
0: in a way um, <laughs> out of those out of this new organization. <laughs> Indeed, um, Alain, thank you very much for making the time to participate to this uh, episode of the Growth Hacking Culture Podcast. So this episode today, was a, it was about unveiling fear and cultivating kindness in business with Ale Hassanain. Alain Hassanain is the author of the tyranny of the hibiscus. The French version is out there. I'm going to put the link just below this, uh, this episode so that you can go and have a peek. If you speak French, English version, soon or not, Alejo?
1: Well, hopefully, I mean, I hope so, but okay, but I was really happy to, I mean, it was like a quite a, quite a, quite a lot of work. Uh, so yes, I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, um, I will also, I plan to do that as well. <laughs>
0: uh, and another thing that I plan to do is put your, if people want to reach you, so your LinkedIn profile, so that people can ask you any questions and reach you out, and probably it makes sense also to uh, to reach you out through the website of your company Obisio. I will put it down in the uh, in the comments. Ale, thank you very much. Any last comments before we move on and we say goodbye, my friend?
1: Thank you so much. I mean, for having
0: me, I was really. I mean, I thought I thought those,
1: uh, the, this discussion was really great. We had uh, we had a lot of uh, things that also you. I mean, you you also I also I was also able to learn from you. I mean, from the statistics and more about the. Uh, uh, let's say the neuroscience side and behavior science side, um, about this discussion. I think, I think it's uh, basically, you know, I think kindness is, is, um, is not a very new concept, but I think it's very important and there's a good way to exploit it to actually to boost financial performance and also, you know, like, uh, psychological, uh, safety for, for, for the people within and outside of the, of any organization.
0: Thank you, Alec. Have an excellent day. Thank you, you too, Ivan.